Blue Dorn, maybe the most ambitious restaurant Houston has seen in ages, opened in the thick of the pandemic. Somehow, the restaurant has not only survived, but thrived, racking up fans like CityCast contributor Marcus Carter, who loved the place so much he made a hashtag for it. We're here today with Marcus and Blue Dorn chef Aaron Blue Dorn. It's Thursday, December 9th. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Marcus, Aaron, thanks for being here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, we're excited. You don't know how excited Marcus was to hear you're going to be here. So excited. <laughs> thank you, Marcus. <laughs> All right, Marcus, let's get started. Why have you been telling me about Blue Dorn for months now? <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll go back to my first experience. So it's my husband and my 15th anniversary, and we're like, where do we go eat? We are, we're professed food snobs, so we like really great dining experiences, and Blue Dorn had been on my radar just as a hot restaurant. A lot of the things that have opened in Houston have seemed to have gorgeous decor, but just no depth with food. But then we chose Blue Dorn, and I am so glad we did. So for me, it was the experience from the door to the parking lot. Like, everything was thought through so well. All right, so what does it look like? First off, the space is gorgeous. So having been redone after Pass and Provision, it was just fantastic to see the new reimagination of the space. Pacific Northwesty, contemporary, modern, chic. It just felt up it felt upgraded and elevated but accessible. It didn't feel like overly like overly fancy that needs to be really really dressed up. So you're a food snob, but you're not a no, snob snob. No, I'm not snob. a snob snob. <laughs> not about some things. <laughs> One of the things I love is that Blue Dorn courses everything. So you order your meal at the top of the meal. So there's no like, oh, we're going to have appetizers and then I'm going to do a burger and you're going to do a steak. No, we're going to talk about that at the beginning. And then they're, they course everything together to give us a full experience. So we started with the caviar service and oysters, which were fantastic. Our second course was pasta with truffles. We had the brioche donut, and then we had the short rib ravioli, which was so decadent. And we probably should have stopped there because it was just, <laughs> we're like, we were, but we were so greedy. Mm -hmm. So what next? During this time, the GM, Sharif, he came over, acknowledged us, um, talked about our anniversary, and also brought us some tuna, some raw tuna over. For me, that was huge, seeing Sharif as the GM, because he's from African descent. Representation just matters so much to me, and seeing that in fine dining was amazing to see. You've made a study wow. of this. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so my husband and I leave. We call American Express literally on our way home. We call the dining club, and we're like, you've got to add blue to the to the global dining experience. It was so good that you made a hashtag. So hashtag Blue Dorn me, please. So uh -huh. that is something my husband and I say to each other. I'm like, okay, so it's going to be a special night. And we'll say, you know what? It's a hashtag Blue Dorn me kind of night. And so yeah, so that you're, you're, you're on our radar for special nights. So Aaron, is that the kind of experience you're aiming for? I, I couldn't have put it any more <laughs> perfect myself. Uh, Marcus, thank you so much. Of course. <laughs> That's such an incredible description of the experience here. As much as I'd like to take credit, Sharif has as much to do with this experience, if not more in a lot of aspects. Sharif is the general manager? Yes. So Sharif Mbuj is general manager, part owner. Him and I worked together in New York for years. Uh, Sharif has an incredible resume and service. Can I like just get you to back up? 
You've worked with two different Michelin starred chefs, right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. And can you just like tell our listeners what is a Michelin star? Why are they such a big deal? So uh, Michelin stars are are awarded by uh, Michelin. The actually Michelin tires. It was a guidebook that started in France back in uh, the early 1900s. Just like kind of like the equivalent of a AAA guide. But it's France. <laughs> exactly. It, it was a guide of where to eat while you were motoring around. Now it's traveling around the world. And <clears throat> Michelin Guide, I believe, came to the United States in 2004, 2005. In Europe, what did it stand for? What kind of restaurants were worthy of a star? Only the best, only the <laughs> most incredible. And it's a three-star system. To, to achieve one star is a massive accomplishment in Europe. And even in the United States now, to, to garner one Michelin star and to hold it every year, there are Michelin inspectors. And these inspectors are completely anonymous. You you can kind of tell maybe, you know, people think they have their ways of, of finding out who they are, but you, you never know. All over the world. All yeah. over the world. Yeah. So it is fine dining. It is service. It is sort of Marcus's idea of the whole package. Exactly. So this is where you trained. So yes. Yeah, so when the Michelin Guide came out for the first time in San Francisco, I was working at a restaurant, Cyrus, for a, a young chef. His name was Douglas Keene, and he had opened up, had just received four stars from the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, and then when the Michelin Guide came out, we were awarded two stars, which was massive. So being a young cook and being a part of that and seeing that was incredible. I've been working in kitchens since I was 17, started off in a small greasy spoon diner on Bainbridge Island, Washington, which is a small island across from Seattle, leading me to the Culinary Institute of America, which then afterwards led me to Cyrus. And after having spent three years at Cyrus, I was still very young and we decided together that being a sous chef at Cyrus was, I needed more experience. And he said that I should go work for Daniel Balut. Who is, let's just say it, he's a big, big deal. Right. <laughs> Danielle is is a larger than life chef in New York City and has been for years. He rose to the ranks of being the chef at Le Cirque in the 80s when it was arguably the most popular restaurant in New York. And then in the early 90s, went off on his own and opened restaurant Danielle, which became the pinnacle of fine dining for a long time and still is to this day. He at one time held three Michelin stars, currently holds two. And then he opened up his restaurant empire from, from Cafe Balloud to Bar Balloud. And there, there are restaurants all over the world. I, I worked for Danielle for 10 years. After five years of working for him at Cafe Balloud, I became the executive chef and held that title for five years. Also held uh, a Michelin, one Michelin star for all five of those years, uh, which is incredibly the most nerve-wracking thing you know i mean anything else can go wrong you can't because you could lose your star yes oh my god okay so what brought you to houston how did you end up here yes yes why houston why did you leave your star why did you leave new york city so i met my wife working for danielle she worked uh her name is victoria and I met Victor her. Okay, say, their, say her last name at the uh, time. Pappas. Uh-huh, and who, who is the Pappas family? Pappas Restaurants, yes. Papacitos, Papados, Pappas Steakhouse, yep. I suspected that you guys were set up by like some restaurant matchmaker, right? You would you would think, right? Yeah, well, I, I do didn't think. even know. I do, totally. Actually, you know what? It's funny enough, we were, we were, we were set up by our HR director. 
I thought HR directors were supposed to stop employees from dating each other. <laughs> okay, I'm not, you're not suing. It worked yes, out. <laughs> yes. So we, we, we met. She was in operations in the main office, and I was uh, the chef at cafe. Yeah, we, we fell in love, and we wanted to start a family, and we were looking at where we would do it. I mean, I don't have a large Greek family and was looking to open a restaurant, so Seattle was kind of out of the picture. Um, and we, we looked at Houston, and... Originally, just looking at Texas in general and where where we would end up. I mean, you know, there's there's Austin, there's Dallas, but coming to Houston and really understanding the culinary landscape here, I was really excited. And I would come down here, and Chris Shepard and Justin, you would be so, you know, I, I, honestly, at times like when are you moving down here and. Back of my mind, I was always like, soon enough. So you were just visiting the family with Victoria. Exactly, exactly. Hanging out with the chefs. Yes. It was just, it was just, it just, it felt so natural. It's a city that has diners that are so excited for what chefs are doing, what what restaurants are doing. Yeah, it, we have diners like Marcus here. Exactly, exactly. I like to say we're a Swiss army knife of a restaurant because you can have, you can, it can be a date night. It can be a business dinner. It can be a girl's night out, guy's night out. It can be a friend's night out. It can be you by yourself at the bar enjoying oysters and watching a, a, a baseball game, a football game or whatever. Yeah, it, 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 whatever you want it to be, we can create that in, in this space. And I wanted the menu to to read that way. Do you think you've got a shot at a Michelin star? Are you sweating that now? The Michelin guide is actually not in Houston currently, so we have no shot at it as of now. What do you mean they're not in Houston? There's no guide in Houston uh, in Texas, the, the guides are only in certain cities. So yeah. that's New York, Washington, D.C. But but they just announced they're expanding to Florida. Florida! I know, right? Before Texas? Are you kidding me? That's insulting. I am outraged. All right. So, Marcus, you got to get on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently you did something for us with Amex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to end a lot of these interviews by asking people to suggest something that they are loving right now in Houston. It can be a food item. It can be a place. It can be a person, whatever. And I'm going to make Marcus go first. I'm loving, you know what? I'm loving my neighborhood at Christmas right now. So I live, I live in Oaks of Inwood. So I'm just loving all of the decorations up and both sides of the neighborhood lit. It's just so, so beautiful. So yeah, I'm loving my, my hood right now. Erin, are you ready? What are you loving? What makes you happy right now? I would have to say uh, the the neighborhood that I live in, the Heights. I love the Heights and every aspect about it. I I love that it's it's a growing neighborhood. I just love to see it grow and love to see uh, you know and being a part of the the community here, but how connected it is to all of the other communities here in Houston, and it just it it it, it makes me happy to live there. Next up, we got the news. We are here with producer Dina Kesbe. Dina, what is going on? Hey, Lisa. Yeah, so here's what I've been reading about so far. Brent Kuhn and Associates is this Houston-based law firm. They announced this $10 billion. Billion with a B. Billion, yeah. Lawsuit that they filed on behalf of their Astroworld Festival victims. And they represent over 1,500 concert goers. And Astroworld was that concert that happened at the NRG Park where rapper Travis Scott was the headliner on November 5th. It's also where 10 people were killed and hundreds more were injured. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out and I'm going to keep an eye out to see what happens with this firm. 
Okay, and this is just the latest of those lawsuits that are being filed. Yeah, so there could be plenty more. That is it for CityCast Houston today. We are planning a show about gifts that you can buy locally at local shops or made by local people. If you have an idea, please leave us a 30-second voicemail telling us who you are, what you recommend, and why it's so great. We would love to use it on the show. Our number, get ready, is 713-489-6972, and we'll put that in our show notes. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to our newsletter. Sign up at houston.citycast.fm. Till tomorrow. See ya. Um, we have a... Blah, 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 blah.